0: Hello, and welcome to the Graduate Student's Guide, where we talk about everything you need to know to succeed in graduate school. Today, we're going to be talking about the challenges international students face with Anesu Samuel Masango. So Sam, would you mind introducing yourself? Who are you and what do you do? Anesu Samuel Masango is the name, but you can go
1: by Sam, which is pretty good. I am uh, at the core of who I am is that I'm a Christian, a medical doctor, and I'm um, uh, Zimbabwean (laughs) and um, I'm I'm actually here doing a PhD in clinical translational sciences and working at the graduate center as their communications and outreach GA so that's pretty much me. I love uh, Sport play soccer socially. Yeah, I'm still adjusting to calling it soccer and, and not football.
0: What are medical translational
1: sciences? Like what does that entail? So that entails conducting research and translating it to bedside practice. So there's a lot of research that's done in, um, for example, biomedical sciences, but some of it is just to discover some new technique or something like that. Some... But in, in translational sciences, the main goal is for whatever we get to be able to be translated into bedside practice so we, we can actually apply that in the, in the hospital.
0: Oh, wow, that's amazing. And what were you doing before you came to the University of Arizona? Well I was uh, in Zimbabwe.
1: I took a gap year after my uh, medical studies in Ukraine. So I, I, I spent six years in Ukraine. <laughs> yeah and uh, it was crazy <laughs> but fun. I loved it. Where I I picked up the Russian language, the Ukrainian language and um one year that I was, I was home in Zimbabwe. I started a youth movement called Resilient 7 which is all about resilience, mental health, drug awareness and you know general youth empowerment and yeah I was working for a company called Technon Copywriters. I was the copywriter and editor and project manager. Other than that, spending time with family <laughs> a lot, because I hadn't done that in six years. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, and this is just honestly from personal curiosity, but what were you um, doing in Ukraine? Like, I know you've talked about it, but I don't know what exactly you were there for or what you were doing. So, yeah, that's that's just a me question. <laughs> yeah. so, so, in Ukraine, I went there in 2014 to do my medical degree. And
1: other than studying medicine, I was also doing a whole lot of other things, like I was actually teaching English as a second language, I was singing at concerts, um, lounge music at restaurants and hotels, singing at weddings, and, um, and generally just being very adventurous. I traveled to almost every corner of Ukraine,
0: and yeah, it was, it was a good time. That sounds amazing, that's, that's why I asked. And then once you were done with your gap year, why did you choose University of Arizona? So I, w- I wanted to go
1: straight into a PhD program, a clinical translational sciences PhD program, and the University of Arizona just seemed like the perfect fit. Uh, they don't have that program in Ukraine, they have that program in other European countries, but it's not really called clinical translational sciences, and some of them, you know, courses were not really what I wanted. I didn't want something that would take me away from the clinical part of things. A lot. And some of the programs in the U.S. as well, are just master's programs. And I found the PhD program here. And I was like, okay, here we go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I applied to the UFA only. And I got it. And did you experience uh, any culture shock when you arrived?
1: It wasn't my first time in a foreign country. So I would say I I wasn't really uh, going to notice some of these big differences because I'm already conditioned to, you know, uh, Blending or whatever you call it but yeah a little bit some architectural differences for example some you know the way language yeah my choice of words sometimes people like uh what's that and i'm like um okay because zimbabwe is mainly based on British English and so yeah although i also use a lot of american <laughs> terminology in my speech but yeah that's something that i'm also still adjusting to i think yeah i think that's that's mostly
0: it and with the um the language barrier did you experience that only in day-to-day conversations or like i've read and seen that sometimes academic writing can be challenging too if you're doing it in a different language i mean it's challenging for me and i'm a native english speaker and that's <laughs> yeah. the only language i know yeah Academic writing is tough, yeah. it's, it's not easy
1: at all. But I had a lot of practice before. I, I worked for, besides Technon, where I was writing using specifically American English.
0: Nice.
1: So when it comes to writing using American English, I'm, I'm used to that. And I was also doing a little bit of academic writing with uh, some company called Livingstone Research. Okay. Yeah, so I'm pretty much used to it, though I haven't really started to do a lot of writing.
0: It's my first uh, semester. You've definitely got more preparation than I did, but my second question is less involved, but was the weather different? Oh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So so here's the thing. (laughs) I go from Zimbabwe to Ukraine, right? And people tell me, oh, it's gonna be really cold here. And I said, okay. So I, I prepared for it, right? It was cold. My first winter was rough, like up to like about minus 25 degrees Celsius. But I quickly got used to the cold, because I would spend the fall till spring in Ukraine. In summer, I would travel to Zimbabwe for my vacation. And at that time in Zimbabwe, it's winter. So I became this winter person for <laughs> well, years. Winter, fall and spring, winter, fall and spring, no summer. Until I say, no, no, I want to I wanna stay in Ukraine for at least one summer. So I stayed in Ukraine for two summers, but the hottest it got was maybe 30 degrees Celsius, 33, 34. Degrees Celsius. Sorry, that's one thing that. So I, for our audience
0: yeah. who uh, doesn't know, uh, you know, the conversion from Celsius to Fahrenheit off the top of their heads, which definitely is not me. Um, what would that be in Fahrenheit? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I would guess maybe it's
1: around ninety.
0: Um, oh, okay, yeah. That's maybe. Toasty.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is hot. But then I come here and before coming, I was attending these, you know, we have the CTS casual conversation Fridays. And I was attending those and they were all warning me about the heat. And I said, oh, no, why did I pick Arizona? Why did I do this to myself? <laughs> but But I thought, oh, it's going to be easy. Now I feel it. It's hot. Yeah, it's hot right now. It's like around 90 and it's dry heat. It's different from the moist heat I was used to in Odessa, Ukraine, where it was just by the Black Sea. So, yeah, and and, and everyone I'm talking to is saying, Sam, it's not even summer yet. I need to escape.
0: (laughs) Okay, yeah, I was just wondering about that, because that's definitely my experience, too. I don't know what number question this is, yeah. but uh do you feel there's more pressure on you as an international student to succeed? Well,
1: generally I feel like there's pressure on everyone to succeed. It's not it's no easy task. Uh, yeah. 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 And uh as an international student, I feel because I'm on an on an F F1 visa. Yeah. So you you find you have to maintain uh you know a certain and, you know, GPA as well, because I'm also a GA, right? I have maintain a certain GPA. I also have to attend certain hours of in-person classes to maintain my visa status. And also the fact that if it doesn't work out, then why, (laughs) what, right? Go back to Zimbabwe, start afresh, you know? So I I feel like there is some pressure there, but I, I, I think I'm, I'm the person who has already adjusted to it so much from having spent six years in Ukraine. So when, when I talk about the pressure, I'm, I'm thinking more of when I was starting in Ukraine and not more like now, because now it's 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 more like second nature to me. I now know how to uh, do things. Especially now it's easier for me because I get to choose what classes I, I take every semester.
0: Did you not before?
1: No, no. In, in Ukraine medical school, it was just, get to campus by eight in the morning and you leave around five or six and it's one class after the other. And for each class I'm going to, I'm not going to be taught. I'm going to show what I know. It's a VIVA. It's more like a VIVA exam. Every day. Every day? Every day.
0: Great. <laughs>
1: Except for the day when you know you have maybe a full day of lectures. Then you're like, oh yeah. That's the that's easy day. A full day of lectures. Otherwise, if it's classes, it was always crazy. And every day you have to score you know some marks and yeah it was something if you miss a class you have to redo that class on a Thursday afternoon or on the weekend at your own time it was something else now I get to you know create my own schedule like okay I don't want classes on a Friday so I'm going to pick classes that are being done on this particular day (laughs) and I don't want um, I want this number of credits this semester and I just you know I to create my own um it's really good it's it's really good yeah and um and i would advise if there is any international student listening graduate student i would advise to add a rotation to you know the first semester little advice i got from someone who i talked to my early days here and said oh you have what three classes no no you have to scale that down change one of them doesn't make it a rotation a rotation that gives you credit so that you have less trouble um, attending classes and assignments and all that in addition to irritation. So that would make it four. So it's, it, it, it's really good. It, it, it has helped make the pressure really less, especially considering that I'm also working.
0: That, that always helps. I did actually have a question about, aside from the eight to five schedule, were there any other like pedagogical differences in the classroom? Yeah, I, can, I can't really say.
1: So it's hard to note the differences really because now my classes are mostly online. I haven't had an, in cl- an in-person class yet since I arrived.
0: Big difference. <laughs> yeah,
1: big difference. And that side, it was always in person. So, um, because I finished 2020, and only the last few classes I did online. So, it was it was all in person. So, I, I can't really, you know. But what I would say is, so far with the classes I've had, there's not really an assessment on, on, on the spot like, it's in a class and the teacher is telling you something and then they ask you a question and depending on how you respond, you get some marks between one and five. But in Ukraine, that was the everyday thing. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> that was the everyday thing. And if you got anything less than a three, then you have to redo that class. Oh, my. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you won't be eligible for the final exam. So <laughs> that's, that's one difference. And the instruction was in English which was really good, except for when we had to do the clinical classes and we had to go and interact with the patients, then we had to talk to them in Russian, asking them questions, uh, you know, and all that, and attending to them. We had to talk to them in Russian and not in English. So you had to learn Russian if you really wanted. If you didn't want, then you'd have to depend on someone else who learned Russian better to translate for you. And I didn't want that, so... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I had to learn Russian. And in my class of 30, we were just three students who knew Russian well enough so the group was always divided into three when we were going to the wards <laughs> <laughs> and yeah I had to translate for the other guys it was fun <laughs> that those were those were really good classes I, I enjoy it more when it's more practical I'm a hands-on kind of person
0: I don't I hate reading Mm-hmm. yeah so <laughs> especially academic texts it's like this is phenomenal but like yeah. I want to do what this is supposed to teach me to do exactly yeah. exactly so I'm reading to know what I have to do and then try to do it and
1: that way I feel like I'm going somewhere instead of just reading to just you know say out what I read then I feel like I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I just said it out now they know I know then what
0: And now we leave. Um, This is another personal curiosity question, but what do you plan or hope to do once you have your degree? So once I have my degree, I plan on going on to to work as a medical doctor who
1: also carries out clinical research. Yes. so my chosen specialty is general surgery. Right. (laughs) Yeah. hands on kind of person. Yeah. <laughs> so hands on Yes so <laughs> uh, going for general surgery and I decided on general surgery because it 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 helps me to still have the ability to have a more general approach to medicine where I would have to know about a lot of conditions and not a micro specialty. And I, I also
0: am part of um hospital building project back in zimbabwe guys every time i talk to sam i learn something really cool about him (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: so i'm um i'm actually leading the project and so it's a long long term goal like really long term we're taking it slow as um, everyone in this program is either they're working somewhere or they're pursuing some degree program or something but it's something that we're working on little by little so eventually that's where i'll end up
0: that hospital. The hospital that you built, to be clear. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Okay. well, that that was another just personal curiosity question. But steering back to international students, do you ever get homesick or did you ever get homesick? Yeah, that's a good question. I I get to talk with some guys and I'm like,
1: oh, I'm so homesick right now. I'm like,
0: what are they talking about?
1: (laughs) At some point, I thought I was weird because I wasn't getting homesick. (laughs) That's when I was in Ukraine. I'm like, ah. And then I realized every year there was a period of time I felt homesick. There was a period of time I really wanted to talk to my little brothers and my sister and everyone home almost every day. And like, I kind of felt like I should be home right now. You know, that was January. Every year around, not even on New Year, after New Year, but somewhere in the middle of January, I just felt like, I just felt like I should be, (laughs) I should be home around this time. And that would last for like, two weeks or something, and then that's it, it goes. So I then realized it, it was because I went to boarding schools when I was when I was in Zimbabwe. So I got used to staying away from home since I was 13. So I would spend three, three months at school, one month at home, three months at school, one month at home. That was my life, the whole time. And I loved it. Boarding <laughs> school was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy stuff used to happen there. Yeah, so yeah. when I went to Ukraine, Then it was something I'm being away from home, something I was used to. And then I came here and I would actually say, now that I'm here, I'm actually talking to people back home a lot more. And I used to when i was in ukraine i think i talked to them like every day and i didn't do that in ukraine in ukraine sometimes my mom would then call me after a few days and was like hey are you alive <laughs> like yeah i'm fine so it's like okay i just wanted to hear your voice <laughs> like okay I'm, I'm good i'm fine <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't that hard back in ukraine when i was in ukraine because there was no major time difference most of the time in the year it was the same time and then when daylight saving uh, time kicked in then would have just one hour difference but now there's like a nine-hour difference.
0: Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and everyone is still adjusting to that. They wake up and they say, hey, good morning, Sam. And I'm like, ah, oh, morning. <laughs> I'm about to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: I'm glad you're so full of energy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm <you're> so, <laughs> so um, I'm sick. Uh, it's something that I've, I think because of my time in boarding school, I, I, I don't get to get homesick a lot. Yeah. yeah but i do get to miss some well some people that i would have met not so long ago and were just becoming friends you know and like hey that friendship was it was kicking off you know and then i leave i'm like hey i miss this person a lot yeah with my family oh another thing before just before i left home my sister was like yeah you, you now need to get out of here <laughs> <laughs> You've stayed around too long. You now need to go. I'm like, what are you talking about? He was <laughs> like, yeah, you gotta go. I think it's just her way of 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 adapting, maybe to just say, now I gotta let go. He's gonna leave anyway, so I just gotta let go. <laughs>
0: it's, it's tough love. Tough yeah. love, yeah. It's tough gone. love. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so being homesick is a feeling that I think I get for a short period of time every year, but I know it comes. Yeah. It comes. I think it's because at that time of year we would spend some time at the farm, and uh, it's, it's around the time when we're harvesting, having fresh maize. and Maize, that's um, cool. corn, yeah. So corn and, and, and you know, uh, all this, you know, fresh farm produce, and it's just so fun. And around that time of the year, every year, they send me pictures. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and some of this stuff Guys. you can't find here you can't find in Ukraine, and like oh no <laughs>
0: yeah it's a unique homesickness like bomb so for any other graduate students I guess we'll switch to resources and support networks um, so you mentioned that you got advice to switch to ro- a rotation in your first semester did you find any other resources or advice or support networks that you might recommend to other international graduate students yeah coming here I thought because some of my classes are meant to be
1: also in-person, but then they were switched to online. I thought, well, in-person it's going to be easy to, you know, find resources, network and, and all that. But when it's online, it's not so easy. You log into a Zoom meeting, you yeah, you see that little box with a the, with the face, with a name, and the person gives their contribution or whatever, or oh, in a breakout room, you might discuss, but it's not the same as walking into a lecture room and then on your way out, you get to talk, you know? So it's, I would say it's, a, a, it's been a bit more difficult to find, to network especially, and, and find these real resources quickly compared to when I was doing that in Ukraine and having classes in person. But I would say the university is, is really equipped with, uh, you know, I mean, to, to deal with that really well. You might not have that social interaction, but you and your computer, if you look in the right places, you'll find all the resources you need. And I would say Mike, who's my, my director, the program director, Mike Renning, he's been great. He sent me a lot of emails with a lot of resources that I needed to know way ahead of time before I even arrived here. So by the time I got here, I already knew, you know, where to find what. So, which which was weird, because weird for the people who wanted to help me after arriving here. So Sam, if you need some help, if you don't know where to find us, I'm like, I already know all this stuff. (laughs) Yeah, like I wish I could actually say, hey, I don't know this, can you help me? But I already know all these things and I already have all these resources. So he did a great job at that. And it also helped that uh, I got a job with a graduate center. And and, (laughs) And I'm like, oh wait, (laughs) I can tap into all these resources, you know, the the funding, uh, I know where to, to find information on funding, I I know where to to get information on writing, if I need some help with writing. I know where to find information on career guidance and and, and all that because it's all here at the Graduate Center. So it's, for for someone who, because I've had a conversation with one of my classmates, and she wasn't aware that there's something called the Graduate Center. And, uh, of course, she had seen the Graduate Center newsletter. like, She has has to read the newsletter, man. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, she she saw the newsletter, but, I mean, she probably didn't know that there's probably a place that you can actually go to and it had all these, you know, resources, because probably she didn't read all of it, because there's a lot of emails coming in. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'd say it, it really helped a lot that I'm at the Graduate Center. My training was sending a lot of information on the email. So, yeah, for international students, I advise that you really look at those emails from your director. There may be a lot of emails but if you go through them you'd find everything you need international student services was a great help as well they also have some social programs unfortunately i haven't been able to attend any of them so far but i always see them you know those programs that they have and their offices are always I've been there to actually ask some questions, say I'm lost, where do I find this particular service? And they've told me. And so especially when I was trying to get my social security. Right? And I I didn't know where the social security offices. I thought they were somewhere on on campus. So I go there and they say, oh no, they are not. Guess what? I thought it wasn't that far. So I took my bike there all the way from somewhere close to campus to, I don't know, some other part of town. I had to order an Uber back. Yeah, and threw my bike in it. And I, was, I ordered an Uber. I was like, "Hey, dude, will my will my bike feed in?" And he said, "Yeah." I said, "Okay, great. Please, thank you. Please come pick me up. I can't cycle way back." <laughs> so yeah, international student services—they are really good. Um, and, and 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 using that service, I think they called My Global. It's it's really good as well. And the u R U U Access—it's a really good resource as well. So I I'm the kind of person who before before I go to ask someone. I gotta find it. I gotta try and find it online. If I've tried on the portal, on all the websites, international student services and everything, then I will ask. And most of the times if I ask you, then it's gonna be something that it's not so easy to find. So yeah, you don't want to be asked up by me where to find something. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to
0: be problematic.
1: It's going to be, I, I would have tried.
0: <laughs> well, that way, you know, you know, you're not wasting anyone's time. Like you, they know that you tried to find it and yeah. if you wouldn't ask, you didn't have to. So I think that's a good policy. And I think that all those resources are great. I know a lot of students aren't sure whether to ask like their academic director or like look for resources, you know, just from the graduate college in general. So it sounds like it's kind of both. Like your directors know what the resources in the graduate college are and the graduate college is like happy to provide them and the other thing uh, international students if you're listening
1: do not hesitate to call or email anyone I, I learned that from well it was after i finished my medical school in ukraine and i was applying here i realized oh well i email them they respond i call them they respond. i try to set up a meeting they respond so now i don't hesitate if i if i want to ask something the graduate college and knows about it i'm going to Write them an email, they'll respond. I'm gonna call. They pick up the phones, so it's something that that's really good. Instead of just wondering and doing something you're not sure of, it's just best to just ask. Call or email.
0: Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I found that, too. I mean, when I started interviewing people for the newsletter, I you know, reached out over email. I was like, there's no way. Wow, they all said yes, huh? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I like these people. <laughs> okay, well, that's the end of my formal question. So I guess my last one is, is there anything else you would like to share? I would say, um, I'd advise international students to find a way to network especially right now
1: during the pandemic, it's not easy. And how I've been doing it has been just, uh, say, um, I've talked with a few of my classmates, not all of them yet, just a few, just slide into the DMs. <laughs> hey, Why how are you, you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, like uh, emails. So, we, yeah, yeah emails, because we always have each other's emails if you look closely on, on um on so D2L, yeah. yeah, on yeah. D2L, you can you can find them and you can just email them, hey, how, how are you doing? Yeah, I want to go out for, for a drink or something. So we've actually, actually got a chance to go around the campus with one of my classmates. Yeah, and uh, something that's not easy to, you know, to do because of the com- pandemic, but you need some social interaction. For me, it was easy because I came here and there was someone I knew who was a professor in the university as well, just a friend of my uncle's. So... It was easy for me to have that social introduction. They introduced me to the Zimbabwean community in Tucson. But you might come here and find that you don't know anyone. And creating a community for yourself is really good, so find those people. Another way I've been doing it is through sport. I love soccer, so I just saw some people playing soccer and I Stopped, got off my bike and said, hey, what are you guys doing here? Can I join you? And they said, yeah, sure, you can join us every Monday evening. I said, okay, so now I play with them every Monday evening and starting to get to know, me, know more people. So it's, yeah, it's something that's also good. So I think building a social
0: network for yourself is really important. Yeah, it keeps you sane. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Graduate Student's Guide. For more advice on how to get through graduate school, check out our other episodes. See you there.